We need to make Will sleep. What? He's a spy. If he knows where we are, so does the Shadow He's Monster. He's lying. He killed those soldiers. He'll kill us too. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. Hey everybody, this is Tony with the Stranger Things Podcast. We're about 25 days away from the season 4 premiere of Stranger Things. And today we're covering chapter 8, The Mind Flare. So we saw this uh, episode off with Hopper looking into the pit of the Upside Down when hordes of demodogs start pouring out. Now, the glass there behind starts to, it starts to break. And Dr. Owens is basically saying, oh, you know, it's okay, it's fine, it'll, it'll hold. And... Hopper's like, are you, are you sure about that? Of course, the glass doesn't hold and the dogs start pouring out. And then we go over to Mike. Mike, Mike completely realizes that Will is the spy because things are just not adding up with him. And we get our glor- glorious scene of the series so far when we see a group of scientists 
half eaten on the elevator by Demo Dogs. Will is absolutely great in this scene uh, where Joyce and Bob have to hold him down to give him a sedative because she knows he's lying because he doesn't he doesn't know who she is for a moment. He he has to figure this out and it's only a few seconds, probably about five or six seconds, but just that little bit of time she she has come to the realization that this isn't her son, at least in the uh mental capacity. And something has taken over his uh body. Chaos in the lab is everywhere uh, from lights going off to demo dogs on camera attacking people they're just running free now meanwhile back at max's house max's parents show up max is still gone and billy appears to be getting ready for a date and billy's dad has some anger issues the one time billy looked afraid for the first time and let's not forget about the derogatory epithet uh, or slur used by his father to describe Billy. But more importantly, those in the queer community. And, you know, you can see probably where some of uh, Billy's uh, anger issues are stemming from and coming from uh, throughout the series doesn't give him license to do and say the things that he's doing but we don't fully know the whole full backstory as of as of yet now you know we have steve meanwhile max lucas and dustin are walking the railroad tracks when an argument between lucas and dustin breaks out because they broke they both broke the rule of law and this is a big thing within their uh, party. Now, Steve and the others uh, hear a sound and realize something is going on out at the lab because they're walking through the woods and they, they, they hear a lot of what's going on. Meanwhile, at the lab, Bob, he offers his special skill set on BASIC. Now, BASIC, uh, BASIC stands for, I'm just going to break this down pretty quickly here basic stands for beginners all-purpose symbolic instruction code this is a code that was uh, specifically used uh, uh, more so in the 80s um, the foundation for it now for a lot of what we have now computer wise it's it's um it's still it's still there but this was uh, really big and this was new at the time so Bob Newby superhero is born and, you know, I always like to say, you know, whenever we have a, a new character or a character that has established themselves um, and has this big moment in a series, it's almost like the the Walking Dead, you know, it can be scary sometimes because we know if someone has a big moment or something, you know, especially if they didn't have like a whole bunch of screen time, which Bob has had a considerable amount of screen time throughout this uh, series, but we can see that um, something is something is going to uh, something's going to happen. 
Now, Jonathan and Nancy arrive at the lab gate and realize the power is out and run into Steve and the gang outside the lab when they hear what's going on inside and they're just trying to figure out exactly what they need to do. Dustin's trying to get the gate open. Steve has already tried to get the gate open, so they're trying to figure out what is is going on within the lab because they're hearing all these things and the power is out and they're not, uh, things are just not adding up within uh, their scope of what they can uh, see from where they are. Bob, meanwhile, uh, tries to make his way to the breakers. And I'm definitely getting some Jurassic Park uh, uh, vibes from this entire episode. But I guess that was on purpose. Uh, the Duffer Brothers, I, I when I was reading through the uh, the book explaining a lot of where they got a lot of their inspiration from, this was one of the things. And of course, this was in the uh, early uh, to mid-90s. Um, the Jurassic Park, but this was a real inspiration for them, and they just wanted to include some of those things with, you know, because there was a, a scene in the moment uh, in the uh, movie within the uh, Jurassic Park movie where there's a power outage and something similar has to happen, so they, they definitely uh, pulled from that. Now, Bob starts doing his thing on the computer but makes a fatal mistake and leaves his gun behind. And this will definitely be a fatal mistake uh, later on in the episode. Now, the, the moment when Bob is walking down the halls and he's being guided by Dr. Owens via walkie and camera, it's so intense, you know, because there's this moment by moment building of tension and we don't know exactly what's going to happen from one second to the next so th there's this really uh, building of this intense uh, 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 pressure and right now at this moment we have uh, we have this uh, thriller-esque um, that that scene that's playing out on the screen and I've just found found that to be so uh Appealing, it just drew you in everything that they were doing, just moment by moment, and then you really felt for these characters. You really cared for them, uh, especially Bob in this in this moment. And you can see that at this very moment, I think that Dr. Owens he really cares, and you're really starting to uh, to see that, and that really comes to full to uh, to a full head at the end of this uh, season. And, you know, and when he leaves the closet and has to run and, uh, you know, Bob, he just, uh, he just makes this, like I said, he just makes another, another fatal mistake and this broom drops and he, he makes it out. He's almost there, almost there. And he's smiling and you just see in that scene where it just doesn't feel right, just the way it's being filmed. And Bob is ultimately taken down by the uh, by the demo dogs. So, you know, and and you know, and he dies. And this scene really just just hurt my heart to to no end. You know, it was a real pivotal moment in not just the uh, the episode but just in the season overall because we saw his entire arch and then we get this little 
uh, montage of him and some, some of the things that he's done. And we're going to get a little bit more of that in season three because the the repercussions from this don't necessarily go away. And he was a really great character throughout the entire uh, season. He, he really added a lot and just his moments from, you know, Bob, um, Bob Newby's superhero to, you know, making references to uh, the Goonies with the pirate treasure remark. It, it was just, he was just a real likable character and he really added something to the uh, series, especially um, down to the very end where he helped them actually get out of the, the, uh, the lab. So Hopper is in the same scene uh, taking down demagogues, uh, demodogs with his military grade gun while grabbing Joyce. It was just so badass at that moment. This was truly an 80s action hero in action. He's just, you know, mowing down these demo, do demo dogs with his AK and, and it was just, uh, <laughs> it was just really great to see. And we can definitely see that that uh, that the Vietnam military training from Hopper was coming into play here when Hopper grabs Will and puts him over his shoulder as if he's pulling a comrade from a war zone as if injured. This was a very, very uh, pivotal scene. And, you know, you can see those glimpses of possibly, you know, a war war-torn uh, soldier um, coming out still affected by that and you just see a lot of that and he, he it, it just automatically it just comes back to him now the entire uh, crew is at the buyer's house uh, awaiting what happens next and trying to figure out their their next plan of action while Hopper joins Joyce in the next room while she mourns the loss of Bob because this is all so so new to her it, it, it's just you know because it happened literally moments ago so she's still trying to process that trying to process everything that's going on she's worried about Will you know he's a spy and and he's possibly a, or we know at this point he's um, possessed by the shadow monster or mind flayer uh, but I, I just thought that her emotional uh, not necessarily baggage, but her emotional uh, distress there is really, really uh, well played. And it's realistic on so many different levels. Now, the kids figure out uh, the, high, the uh, hive mind, a collective consciousness or super organism, which was so eloquently put by Dustin. Now, the kids with Hopper and, you know, just that whole scene, you know, them coming out with these ideas and him, you know, ping-ponging ideas off of them and the kids ping-ponging ideas back and forth, you know, between each other and then back to Hopper. It's, it's just a great scene. I just loved every moment of that. You know, I could watch that scene on repeat over and over again. And Mike knows that Will is the only is the only way to find out what the Mind Flayer and the Shadow Monster wants and is up to. So they have to figure out exactly what's going on, uh, how he's being possessed, 
by the shadow monster or the mind flayer and we have to figure out exactly what's going on with him and this is what Mike is going down the path of trying to figure out now Nancy and Steve have a moment when she thanks him for helping and saving the kids and there's this genuine uh, respect between each other uh, maybe not necessarily they're on the same uh, terms with e with each other they're not feeling the same Nancy doesn't feel as much for Steve as Steve may feel for Nancy but you can tell that they're just really starting to get it, get along and they're really getting each other now Dustin and Lucas briefly talk about Lucas and and Max you know, Dustin's basically, you know, he's come out and say, you know, look, I, I, I get that there's some chemistry between uh, Max and yourself. I, I realize that. And, you know, it, it's it's fine. And he's a little bit hurt, you can tell. But he's like, you know what? I'm doing this for the betterment of my friendship and this new friendship that is being formed with Max, which is something a bit different. But that with all that being said, I think they work things out pretty in a mature way pretty pretty well so max and mike talk for a moment about 11 and her not being in the party etc and mike is still not having any part of max he you know he really uh appreciates her being there but he's like look you're not a part of the party and you won't be a part of the party so this is uh, and this really hurts uh, Max. You can tell, but she's got this tough exterior where she just makes it seem as if it's not bothering her. But we can we can kind of tell it, it it does really bother her. So Jonathan Joyce and a few of the others tie tie Will to a chair in a room where it can't figure out where it or they are. So. We get this whole scene, so we get the start of the the uh, progression of the possessing scene with uh, with Will. And Will is awakened with bright lights in his face, and we are uh, are starting to get some exorcist vibes here. And there is a brief moment when Will's voice changes to an almost demonic tone, and it, it is eerie for sure. This is one of the freakiest scenes. In the series so far, uh, you know there there's just nothing more uh, uh, frightening than a child, uh, especially a child in horror movies. It's, it's like one of the creepier things. I, I think everyone would agree with that. You know, <laughs> you know, having this uh, this kid speaking this almost, and you, you can tell they they did just a little bit. You know, his his voice went up about four or five octaves, but it it it, it was like wait a minute, this is not. This is not Will. This is not him in this in this scene. This is something completely different. This is something else. And they're just like I said, throughout this series, they just pay attention to all these little small details. And I just love uh, the way they really pay attention to all of these little things. Not necessarily huge things overall, but it's it's done so so well. Now Joyce is sitting in the in the chair in front of Will, like a priest talking to him. And Joyce says uh, says something. You know, I found to be very interesting when talking to Will, describing a drawing he drawn, and it was 
a, uh, a rainbow ship. And we're, we're seeing a lot of these little things throughout the, the uh, series. Now this can, um, this can really be uh, pointed towards two different things. This can be uh, Will talking about liking rainbows, him being uh, uh, potentially queer, or it could be the rainbow room, which we uh, just saw not too long ago, and it was uh, explained uh, a little bit with Eleven going back to the room with Kali at the lab. So this can be a, a few different things, or it could be Rainbow Bright, you know. <laughs> but there, you know, if you don't know what Rainbow Bright is, you know, go uh, go check it out. This is for the uh, younger listeners. But you know, I, I really, really loved what they were doing and what they have done within this. Um, within this scene now Jonathan and Mike uh, both chime in trying to help Will recall some of some of those uh, some of those memories and you know he, he you know they 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 go back and forth with him and you know he's he's just not having any of it he's not really remembering much of anything at this moment or or if he does he's not uh, playing his card and not Will but the the uh, shadow monster now Harper figures out uh, Will is speaking via Morse uh, via more Morse code now uh, and you know Will is still in there but the shadow monster has completely taken over but Harper looks down at Will's fingers and he sees that he's doing this constant tapping over and over again and he's trying to get some message out to the others without the shadow monster knowing that he's doing so and then we get the scene where should I stay or should I go uh, you know there's a mini montage where there's a whole bunch of things going on within the scene and then Will signals to close the gate this is the start of everything. We, you know, they know exactly what they need to do at this uh, at this moment. And but the telephone rings, letting the shadow monster, the mind flare, know where they are located. It lets them know their location. And now the demo dogs are now coming. Uh, Nancy is with a gun. She's so badass. The demo dogs now surround the house. But something appears to be killing them all off. We have this long sequence outside where a lot of things are going on. We're trying to figure out. And uh, honestly, within this episode, I've, I've skipped over a lot of things because there's just so many things going on. But it's such a great episode. It's just really well played everything. But, uh, I mean, this is one of the best action scenes outside of episode six. Like I said, you know, you know, with this, you know, the only thing that frustrated me about episode seven, and like I said, we, this really comes into play in episode nine, but you know, that really broke the momentum. I think they should have made that episode if they wanted to do that type of episode, not to really jump on the lost sister, uh, episode seven episode again. But I think they should have included some of what was going on back in Hawkins. Maybe add maybe 20, 25 minutes of that, like I said, in the, um, in the episode uh, 7. 
chapter seven, The Lost Sister. I thought that they that they probably should have added maybe 20, 25 minutes of what was going on in the Hawkins to tie it all in to keep that momentum going that they had at the end of episode uh, six going into episode seven. Just have her eleven going through this whole journey and then towards the end of the episode go back and forth, back and forth, or maybe start at the beginning, have what happened at the end, and then have Eleven go along this journey, and then at the end of the episode, have like these flashbacks of things that are going on in Hawkins, and then tie it in going into episode eight. I thought that would have played better for the episode to really tie it all together, and not really have this complete one-off standalone episode, because that's exactly what that was. I don't think they'll do that again, because now we have to ramp things up. Things are all being tied together. But I thought that was really great to uh, to see them doing that. And then once there's something outside the house, going back to the storyline we have here, you know, something appears to be killing everything off outside of the house, and the door creaks open. And it's 11 full-on punk one of the absolute best scenes in the episode because none of the kids have seen her we see all their facial expressions Mike is just uh, he's just loving that Eleven is there but he's also conflicted and confused he gets angry and upset at Hopper they go into the room you know he is just going off on Hopper. You lied for the last year and, you know, you, you were protecting me. And, you know, he's just really going in all in on Hopper. And Hopper's, you know, going back at him, not as much because he understands he's understandably upset. And he just wanted, uh, he just wanted Mike to understand and then finally, Mike just breaks down and he just starts crying because he's so upset, but he's so happy. His emotions are all over the place at that moment. And he just gives Hopper, uh, uh, he just goes right into Hopper and Hopper just gives him this this hug. And, you know, and we know that it's not fully over at this point, but we realize that Mike has just uh, just gone through the ringer over the last year 300 and I think it was 55 days <laughs> from what 11 uh, said to Mike when they first start talking but this was really great for the introduction for 11 because she's now she's back but she's back stronger and that's why I say episode 7 was definitely needed we didn't possibly need as many of the back characters from uh from that episode, like maybe Dottie or Funshine weren't needed, but I think Nick, uh, she was needed, and definitely Axel was a great. He was one of the better, um, as far as I'm concerned. He was he was one of the better uh, uh, characters for that episode. I think if it would have just been them three, that would have been a great uh, way to play up everything. Well, that is the end of this episode so 11 is back with the game and she's getting ready to go close the gate with these new powers that she now has we're not missing well you know i take that back not necessarily new powers but stronger powers she's uh harnessed them a lot better thanks to kali and i know a lot of people don't like to hear that but that's the truth of the matter Anyway, this has been Tony with a Stranger Things podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed 
today's episode is a little shorter than usual, but we are getting towards the end of this season and we're going to jump into season three here shortly. I'll see you guys in the Upside Down. Hey everybody, this is Tony with the Stranger Things Podcast, and I'm just here to let you know that we have a couple of clips from tonight's episode of Stranger Things, and we're just going to have about 15 minutes of uh, extra content for you guys to listen to, so uh, enjoy the show, and I'll see you in the Upside Down. You know the truth, it doesn't mean you're in our party. 
You do know that, right? Yeah, I, I know. I mean, why would you want a stupid Zoomer in your party anyway? I'm just saying, Elle? She sounds like she was really awesome. Yeah, she was. Until that thing took her. Just like it took Bob. us and this is the nearest exit but even if we somehow make it there there's no way out what do you mean the locks are fail secure fail secure if there's a power outage the building goes on full lockdown can it be unlocked remotely with a computer sure but somebody's got to reset the breakers where are the breakers breakers are on the basement three floors down hey where are you going to reset the breakers okay then what then we get the hell out of here no then the power comes back on if you want to unlock the doors, you have to completely reboot the computer system and then override the security codes with a manual input. Fine. How do I do that? You can't. Not unless you know basic. I don't know what that means. It's a computer programming language. All right, teach it to me. Shall I teach you French while I'm at it, Jim? How about a little German? How about you, Doc? You speak basic? No. Okay. I got this. I got this.
the original founder of Hawkins AV. Really? He petitioned the school to start it and everything. And then he had a fundraiser for equipment. Mr. Clark learned everything from him. Pretty awesome, right? Yeah. yeah. We can't let him die in vain. Well, what do you want to do, Mike? I have the chiefs to write on this. We can't stop those demodogs on our own. Demodogs? Demogorgon. Dogs. Demodogs. It's like a compound. It's like, it's like a play on words, you know? Okay. It's like a, I mean, when it was just start, maybe. But there's an army now. Precisely. His army. What do you mean? His army. Maybe if we stop him, we can stop his army, too. The shadow monster. He got well that day in the field. The doctor said it was like a virus. It infected him. And so this virus, it's connecting him to the tunnel? To the tunnels, to the monsters, to the upside down, to everything. Whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. Okay, so... The shadow monster's inside everything. And if the vines feel something like pain, then so does Will. And so does Dart. Yeah, it's like what Mr. Clark taught us. The hive mind. Hive mind? A collective consciousness. It's a super organism. And this is the thing that controls everything. It's the brain. Like the mind flayer. What? The mind flayer. What the hell is that? It's a monster from an unknown dimension. It's so ancient that it doesn't even know its true home. Okay, it enslaves races of other dimensions by taking over their brains using its highly developed psionic powers. Oh my god, none of this is real. This is a kid's game. No, it, it, it's a manual, and it's not for kids. And unless you know something that we don't, this is the best metaphor. Analogy. Analogy. That's what you're worried about. Fine, but an analogy for understanding whatever the hell this is. Okay, so this mind flamer thing. Flayer, mind flayer. What does it want? To conquer us, basically. You know, it, it believes it's the master race. Uh, like the like the Germans. Uh, the, the Nazis? Yeah, 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 the Nazis. Uh, if the Nazis were from another dimension, to totally. Uh, it views other races like us as inferior to itself. It wants to spread and take over other dimensions. We are talking about the destruction of our world as we know it. That's great. That's great. That's really great. Okay, so if this thing is like a brain that's controlling everything, then if we kill it, we kill everything it controls. We win, theoretically. All right, great. So how do you kill this thing? Shoot it with fireballs or no, something? No, 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 fi no fireballs. Uh, you summon an undead army uh, because because zombies, you know, they they don't they don't have brains, and the the mind flayer it 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 likes brains. It's just a game. It's a game. How are we doing here? I thought we were waiting for your military backup. We are. But even if they come, how are they going to stop this? You can't just shoot this with guns. You don't know that. We don't know anything. We know it's already killed everybody in that lab. And we know the monsters are going to molt again. And we know that it's only a matter of time before those tunnels reach this town. They're right. We have to kill it. I want to kill it. Me too. Me too, Joyce. Okay, but how do we do that? We don't exactly know what we're dealing with here. No, but he does. If anyone knows how to destroy this thing, it's Will. He's connected to him. He'll know his weakness. I thought we couldn't trust him anymore. That he's a spy for the Mind Flayer now. Yeah, but he can't spy if he doesn't know where he is. What is this? What is this? 
you. I'm not gonna hurt you. Where am I? You recognize this? Do you recognize this? Hey, we want to help you. But to do that, we have to understand how to kill it. Why am I tied up? 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 Let me go! Dad left. We stayed up all night building castle pyres. Just the way you drew it. And it took so long because you were so bad at hammering. <laughs> you missed the nail every time. And then it started raining. But we stayed out there anyway. Both sick for like a week after that. But we just had to finish it, didn't we? We just had to. Do you remember the first day that we met? It was it was the first day of kindergarten. I knew nobody. I had no friends. I just felt so alone and so scared. I saw you on the swings, and, and you were alone, too. You were just swinging by yourself. And I just walked up to you, and I asked. I asked if you wanted to be my friend. And you said yes. You said yes. 
was the best thing I've ever done.
aliens. This time, it's war. <laughs> 